Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lucy. Welcome to another Cameo episode. These very short episodes will be slotted in between the other ones and will cover people who made a fleeting yet tantalizing appearance in other episodes. We don't always have a lot of information about them, so they can't have a full episode of their own, but they are too interesting to abandon completely, and they fill in the gaps and enable us to create as full a picture of the era as we can. And today, John Damien. John Damien. And I don't remember that name. No, I've never come across him before. It's another spin-off from Margaret Tudor's episode. Okay. And I came across his story in a newspaper under the heading Wacky History. Wacky spelt with an H for some reason. Oh. (laughs) In a newspaper. It's one of those extraordinary things that I'd never heard of this man until recently, and now I'm seeing him everywhere. I, I love it when that happens. I don't know why it happens, but it happens. Yes. Giovanni Damiano de Falcucci, to give him his real name, was an Italian in the Scottish court. And despite being Italian, he was recorded in the Scottish accounts as Master John the French Leech. And that's Leech because he practised medicine, not because he was always sponging money off people. Although he did do that as well. But why are they calling him French when he sounds Italian? (laughs) I don't know. Foreign. I expect that's just foreign. Okay. He was a favourite of James IV since he was interested in medicine, alchemy and science, as was the king. He also must have been very good at cards since we have records of James IV losing several sums of money to him. He was made Abbot of Tongland, which sounded to me like a made-up place, so I had to look it up. And it does exist. It's in the Diocese of Galloway. And its Wikipedia page says its most famous abbot was one John Damien. <laughs> okay. When he resigned as abbot, James IV petitioned Pope Julius for a pension of 200 ducats for him. And we know that between 1501 and 1508, he was very much into alchemy. And we know this from his shopping list. Aquavitae, quicksilver, sal ammoniac, alum, litharge, is that how you pronounce it? Opiment. Orpiment, rather, saltpetre, silver, sugar, sulphur, tin, verdigris, vinegar and white lead. All things vital for the production of quintessence or the elixir of life. Oh, (laughs) jeez. And the king was financing this and gave Damien a great deal of money so he could buy all that stuff. So let's hope it worked and the money was well spent. And he was aided by an apothecary and a silversmith in the making of furnaces and silver fittings for, for the distillation equipment. The 19th century poet John Leslie said of Damien, quote, this is in Scottish. This, that's not the quote. Now's the quote. This time that was ein Italian with the king. Qua was made abbot of Tungland and wes of curious in Gine. He calls it the king believed that he, by multiplying and utheris his inventions, would make fine gold of uther metal. Quilk science he call it the quintessence. Whereupon the king made great cost, but all in vain. Unquote. I like whereupon. Whereupon. <laughs> and it was his failure in alchemy that made him so unpopular, as we'll see. One of the main reasons that we know about John Damien was that he was satirised by William Dunbar in a poem called A Ballad of the False Friar of Tongland, How He Fell in the Mire Flying to Turkey. And the title refers to Damien's attempt to fly from Stirling Castle's walls, 
Oh, which oh. led, not unsurprisingly, <gasps> to a broken thigh. Right. I remember the story. Ah. He had claimed that he would be able to beat the Scottish ambassadors to France. And they set off. Yeah. And he set off. And, just, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Where did I hear this story? Mm. I don't know. But OK, I know who we're talking about. <laughs> he had covered himself with feathers. And he put his failure down to the fact that he'd used some chicken feathers amongst the eagle feathers. And chickens can't fly. or as as John Leslie put it transcribed from the Scots this time quote he ascribed the blame to the fact that there were some hen feathers in the wings which yearned for and covered the midden and not the sky unquote Dunbar's poem is very similar to the popular literary genre of flighting that we heard about in Bernard Andre's episode and it's the 15th century equivalent of a rap battle. And I assume that the only reason Damien didn't sue Dunbar for every penny he had was that Dunbar was very careful not to name him because he knew that everybody would know who he was talking about. Mm. There's only one person who jumped off Stirling Castle. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's in the form of a dream vision, so I guess Dunbar would have the get-out clause of, you know, it was only a dream. Oh... It takes a modicum of truth, at least we assume part of it must be true, and it pumps it up for comic effect. And it's not just Damien's attempt to fly that Dunbar mocks, but everything about him. Oh, really doesn't like him. No. Maybe when we heard that Dunbar was shocked about the lax morals of James's court, he was including the king's patronising of charlatans as well. He wrote another poem about Damien called The Birth of the Antichrist. So you can see he's not pulling his punches. Wow. In this poem, Dunbar is told that he won't advance in his priestly career until he sees a flying abbot, which he takes to mean that he'll never advance. You know, pigs might fly. But then, what do you know? An abbot flies past. (laughs) So all's well. (laughs) Flies. (laughs) False. Well, we'll concentrate on the false friar of Tongland poem. And this is the story of Damien's life as seen by Dunbar. And I would just say in advance that I am no expert on the medieval Scots language. (laughs) Dunbar starts off in the usual dream vision way of clarifying that this is a dream. Quote, As young Aurora with crystal hail in Orient shew her visage pale and swerving Sith did me assail. And a swerving is a dream. So he's having a dream at dawn. He then goes on to claim that Damien was Turkish for some reason. Nobody seems to know where he came from. (laughs) (laughs) And on his way to Scotland, he had killed a priest in Lombardy and taken his clothes. So he wasn't a real priest. He was just dressed as one. Quote, there a religious man he slew and cled him in his habit new. But then he was found out. So he fled to France where he set up as a physician. But he was so incompetent at bloodletting that he had to flee France and ended up in Scotland. How can you be incompetent at bloodletting? Well, the poem contains the line, quote, in leechcraft, he was homicide, unquote. So, so does that say he was ki- killing his patients, I guess? When Damien became abbot, Dunbar accused him of neglecting his flock in favour of alchemy. Quote, unto no mass press it, this prelate, for sound of sacred bell nor skeleton. 
as blacksmith Brukit was his palate for battering at the study. So he wasn't interested in the bells calling the faithful to prayer, but the chime of the blacksmith presumably making the furnaces he needed for his alchemy. And the alchemy didn't work, not sure why not. So he decided that his best bet was to fly back to Turkey. Mythocht se fasonist he assailiet to make the quintessent and failiet. And Cohen he saw that noct availiet a fedrum on he took. And a fedrum is plumage. Okay, you're going to have to decode that <laughs> <Yeah>. entire statement. <laughs> Having seen that his, he was trying to make the quintessence, the elixir of life, and okay. he failed at that. So when he saw that nothing was working, he decided to stick feathers to himself. As you would. You think, oh, that's not working. I know what. I'll have a load of feathers on myself. I wonder what he used to stick them onto him. Tar? Hmm? Tar, probably, yeah. <laughs> Tar and feathered? Yes. I mean, it's, what else? I can't think of anything else that would dip it. No, but you have to be awfully brave to jump off of a building oh. <laughs> just a few feathers. <laughs> and in the poem, the birds all flocked round Damien, and Dunbar likened him to the classical characters like Icarus. But then the birds go in for the kill, and each species attacking him in a different way. The kestrel attacked his ears. The magpie pulled out his feathers, which is not what I thought was happening when I read the piat forth his penis did ring, but penis is feathers. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although the buzzard did have a go at his testicles, apparently. <laughs> and the merlin pulled his beard. And just to add insult to injury, Dunbar says that Damien was so scared that he lost control of himself and spat at a herd of cattle below with ex- excrement. He's really piling on the humiliation for this bloke. Yeah. He really dislikes him. With all his feathers pulled out, Damien plummets to the ground and lands in a dung heap, quote, sliding up to the eyes in muck, unquote. And he spends three days in the dung heap hiding from the birds. And at this point, Dunbar wakes up. Those are some very patient birds. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Dunbar wakes up woken by the dawn chorus, which is presumably fed into his dream about the birds. So that is the story of John Damien, as told by William Dunbar. I like to think that every bit is true, really. (laughs) (laughs) But what Damien is most famous for is for the failed flight. Yet we only know this through Dunbar and John Leslie, and I think John Leslie read it in Dunbar. Dunbar. So he may not have done it at all. No, Dunbar was writing a fantasy. Oh. And it's possible it never happened and it was a figment of Dunbar's <laughs> imagination. Can you imagine being remembered for something that you absolutely did not do? And not only didn't you do it, but it's a man satirising you. Yeah. That's, that's, um, and that's your legacy. He's, but yeah, he's probably thinking, I didn't. I wouldn't do that. That sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And it's possible Dunbar has all the birds attacking Damien because he's an imposter in the bird's world. And it might be an allegory of Damien being an imposter and a charlatan in James's court. Wow. It's more funny if he did happen. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it works both ways. I didn't find anyone who questioned it. Everything I read said John Damien. He's the one who jumped off Stirling Castle. But I'm a cynic. So I like to question everything. (laughs) Now, some people even kept the bit about him falling in a dung heap, which is definitely a dumb bar. 
edition. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is quite sad when that's your one claim to fame. And yeah. Quite, it quite possibly never happened. It would make an amazing Horrible Histories skit, though. Yeah. I love Horrible Histories. And nothing is known of Damien's last years or death. He, we know he accompanied James to inspect gold mines in the southwest Scotland in 1513, but that's it. So it's that's quite possible that all we know about him is what I've told you and that absolutely none of it is true. Wow. I quite like writing this, this episode because I thought this is an episode about what a man probably didn't do. Didn't do, yeah. <laughs> and we'd have no idea what he did do <laughs> apart from visit a gold mine. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so there you go. That is the improbable life of John, <laughs> John Dalian. Dalian. <laughs> Bless <Wow>. him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, now I'm wondering where I heard it from, because I, I remember listening to it and thinking, what an idiot. And it was presented to me as a true story. Mm. That's what he did. That is what he's famous for. Yeah. Hmm. Revisionist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he never existed. He never existed. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I thought we'd better not keep this one for April Fool's Day because nobody will believe he did exist. <laughs> <laughs> There's documentary evidence for him actually existing. For a start, he, the fact that James owed him money for card debts. Yes. And he was abbot of Tongland, even though Tongland really does seem like a very made-up place. Yes, it does. Mm. So there you go. John Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.